Finally, reach a position where you run a really busy wedding studio in a lucrative market with seemingly endless opportunity and decide to uproot and move states to start anew. Then, after working your butt to create a portrait studio where you are consistently shooting 130 portraits a year with really healthy averages, like the likes that most photographers only dream of, to walk into work one day and announce you want to shut the studio completely and go all in on what? Personal branding? What even is that? My friends and family that loved me, they just couldn't understand why I wanted to change everything all over again. You gave up those really profitable weddings to photograph women for themselves. That was one thing. Now you want to take photos of them for their Instagram? Is there even a market for that? My friends and family were just baffled. My mum and dad couldn't understand. And basically... That was me. That was where I was in the summer of 2019. Welcome to my world. I'm Paula Brennan, a former wedding, then glamour, and now personal branding photographer who wants to help more photographers to discover how this new market can really fire up your creative juices as well as give you back some more time in your life. I'm going to share with you what I have learned about the business side of personal branding photography. Now, this is my first episode and I thought this was a good time to share why I decided to close my studio, pack in weddings 100% and then make the switch to personal branding. So I'm going to get you to indulge me for a second as I take a quick flick back down in my history lane and set the groundwork for how this all came about. So what you need to know about me in full transparency is that I did grow up in a photography family, okay? I was very lucky. I know I'm blessed. We had a photo studio underneath. My dad was a wedding photographer. My mum did all the back-end work um, and it, it was a really great little business, but I thought that the furthest thing I would ever do was photography, okay? <laughs> I ran away overseas. I studied acting. I traveled doing plays and things like that. And then in 1999, long ago, for those of you who might not even be born then yet, um, when it was the dawn of time in the digital world, I came back to Australia and I discovered that my father was dabbling in Photoshop. Now, Previous to this, I had been working in my family business. From the age of seven, I was stamping photographs. I was putting together wedding albums. So I really did have a good handle on what it looked like to be in a photography business. And I knew that I didn't want that. Okay. But when Photoshop came along and then the Nikon D1 came along, (laughs) the first digital camera that we ever had, I was completely inspired. I loved Photoshop. I loved manipulating with the photos. I loved the design element, you know, building, crafting wedding albums. And very quickly, I was out on weddings, assisting others, working with my dad. And very quickly, obviously, I picked up a camera. And as many of you probably would understand, very quickly, I grew to not love Photoshop. I loved the connection with people. I loved sharing weddings with people. I loved the spectacle. I loved the day that was with them. I loved the challenge of new environments. I loved working with couples, capturing like these beautiful moments. And I loved the fact that I wasn't actually very good at it, but I could see myself improving week after week after week. Now, when I entered the business, my dad was shooting consistently about 40 weddings a year. And within a few years, we doubled that. 
And then very quickly, my parents kind of looked at me and went, well, we don't necessarily want the business anymore. (laughs) We had built it up and it was just getting too busy. And me being the entrepreneur that I am, I wanted to get busy, busy, busy. My parents didn't. They wanted to take a bit more of a back seat. So in 2004, just five years after I started working in it, I bought the business and I started to make it my own. Now, at that time, it was a very high volume wedding. It was around 70 plus weddings per year. And I built the business up. I worked, 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 worked. Um, One year, very quickly, I think it was 2006, I actually photographed 87 weddings on my own. If any of you can do the math on that, yes, there was lots of double weekends and there was even a few triple headers in there. So if you photographed a wedding before, you know how much I wasn't sleeping. (laughs) Workaholic much? Look, I'll be honest with you. I definitely burnt out. My marriage quickly broke down. Wasn't due to that, but there was other extenuating factors, but it definitely shooting weddings and having that social life contributed. Um, I did have a young daughter in that time as well. So you can imagine as a single mum working a business like that, I got very tired very quickly. And I found myself in 2010 sitting in my gorgeous studio that I'd built, but completely burnt out and overwhelmed. And then this magic little email popped into my inbox. It was an advertisement for a speaker at an event. And there was something about the image on this that just completely resonated with me. It just reached out to me. It was like this lifeline. It was like a ray of little hope inside of my computer. I hadn't really seen something like this before, or maybe it just hadn't been marketed to me because I'd been so swamped in the weddings. I'm not exactly sure. But this image, this style, everything about it, I just wanted to go and see this photographer. So I deep dived on her a little bit. And lo and behold, I found a phone number somewhere. I think it was still on her website at the time. And within a few days, I found myself sitting in a cafe in Sydney with the beautiful and wonderful Sue Bryce. And within another week of that I ended up having a photo shoot with her. And if any of you, uh, who doesn't? Everybody knows Sue Bryce. You can imagine that that experience with her completely changed my life. It completely helped to change the way that I saw myself, saw myself as a woman, saw myself as a as a human. Um, I it, 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 just everything about that experience completely changed me. It, it shone a torch on me as a woman. And definitely allowed myself to see myself in a completely different light. But it also allowed me to see a glimmer of a different way of business as well. So there was a glimmer of hope. So here I am working, 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 weekends, 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 editing late into the night, then putting together albums, doing sales sessions, all of this. You know, if any of you have done the wedding process, you know, sometimes the weddings can book two, three years out. And then sometimes you can be dealing with a client 12 months later. And I'm not like I'm not upset about that as all as a system but it, it can be quite exhausting and it can be quite a heavy load to bear especially if you're having to chase up people and chase up things when it comes to after the wedding and that kind of thing and of course you've got the actual wedding day itself which is a huge emotional torrent and I saw this experience from the inside out but then I started to look at it from the outside in we did a three-hour shoot and then we went for lunch afterwards On weddings, I would work often from 14, 15, 16 hour days on some of the kind of weddings that I was doing. We then had a viewing two weeks afterwards. Well, there's 
my found it very difficult to turn my weddings around in two weeks afterwards. I was shooting, you know, three, 4,000 photos, the editing time on that, the lead time on that, especially in those weeks when I had like triple headers. And oftentimes my couples were going away on honeymoon for six, six weeks to three months sometimes after the wedding. So this idea of being able to have a sales session or a viewing two weeks afterwards really, really intrigued me. And then a week later, the order was delivered. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Do you know this short lead time? I was used to kind of, as I said, two years ahead and one year afterwards, and I'm looking at this. And then I started thinking, hang on a second, I can do a couple of these in a week and I can be home for dinner <laughs> with my daughter. And the lead time is very short, so I can be finished with a client and done and dusted within a month or two. This was really, really intriguing with me. In the world of weddings, I was used to long lead times, as I said. I mean, I'm still to this day, and we're talking like 10 years later, getting phone calls from people who said, you know, you, I did your wedding back into, I did, you did my wedding back in 2004. My USB isn't working or my DVD has crashed or something like that. Like the, they were very, very involved. So being able to have an experience like this with someone that was sort of beautiful but finished quickly, I was in. My eyes were open to a whole new way and I got to help women to feel the way that I want to feel. Well, I couldn't unsee what I saw. <laughs> and over the next year or so, I was very lucky to be mentored by Sue. So, during this time, I want to say as well is I was kind of looking at different options. So I was trying to maybe get out of the wedding business by selling it. I it looked at a few different options and things like that. But ultimately, what I decided to do was move into state. I followed my heart and I moved to a different place. So, uh, you know, I can look back now and go, obviously, I was trying to run away from this business that I'd created. But I also was sort of looking for a, a different kind of lifestyle. And at the same time, I became very obsessed with this genre that Sue was teaching. I decided that I wanted to go all in, but at the same time, I just couldn't let go of the weddings. The income was good. The work was regular and consistent. I was at the top of my game. I had all these referrals coming in and I, I just couldn't say no, right? Um, so I did move. I moved. I moved into state. I followed my heart, as I said, moved to a small beach town, beachside town, a thousand kilometers away from where I lived, but I needed to keep sustaining my income. So I kept the weddings going and I kept booking the weddings. So you're looking at, you know, in 2013, 2012, 2013, I'm interviewing weddings for 2015 and 2016. But all the while I was concepting this idea for this beautiful portrait studio and so it was interesting to me because I decided to lease a space a year after I'd moved up there because I decided that that's where I wanted to stay. But I still had these naysayers in my ear that were saying, you can't leave the weddings behind. You're good at them. And I was like, yeah, I'm good at them. But I know that there's something different that I want to do. So my heart was yearning to go in all in on portraits. But I, I just found it difficult to say no to one, but also to, to let go, I think, of something. Obviously, portraits at that time for me were not as secure as weddings. And a lot of people kept saying, you're really good at this. You can't give it up. And I didn't feel like I was giving it up. I felt more like I was letting it go. But 
but energetically, I couldn't let go. I was a single mum. I needed the money. <laughs> so, so for I decided to keep booking the weddings, start my studio. Crazy, I know. Weddings in a different state. You have to fly every weekend to do your work and then come back. It was exhausting, I'll be honest with you. But something that I didn't expect to happen very quickly, the portrait business took off really quickly. Now, I do want to be honest here and say that I did make a lot of silly mistakes in the early years of my business. I will talk about that in a later episode. But I learned how to do digital marketing, Facebook ads and things like that. I refined my and streamlined my marketing and sales processes over that year. And within the first year, I was able to crack a 6K business in the new business in the portrait studio by optimizing. Okay. And that's what I love. And I'll be teaching you more about in this podcast as, as we go on. Very quickly, I was able to hire a full-time in-house retoucher. I brought on an admin assistant and I got to the stage where I was booking consistently um, at least six portraits a week. Some days we do mini headshot days, so there was obviously more happening on those. I started to let go of the the weddings because I recognized very quickly that the weddings um, were obviously taking me off the floor of this new successful business. Leaving for a weekend was very costly to the new business and so in time I was able to let that go and it just gradually wound down. Okay, so I started saying no to the weddings, not booking anymore. And that one, that business wound down. But what happened on the portrait business? <laughs> Can you guess? Well, I kept working, 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 working. I was booking, 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 booking. And as I said, getting up to kind of booking six portraits a week, which is quite exhausting when you are still doing the marketing and you're still a single mum. So here I am shooting Thursday morning, afternoon, Friday morning, afternoon, Saturday morning, afternoon. And as you can imagine, when I got home after those shoots, I was quite exhausted. Now, I love shooting women. I love nothing more than that. I love that whole process of bringing her into my beautiful studio and giving her a makeover. But there was a huge emotional toll in that style of work too. And what happened was is that I was often giving my best to those clients because there was a lot of times where clients were coming to me after a major emotional journey. So it could be, you know, people coming and celebrating things like weight loss or health journeys where they'd had success pushing through things. But there was also quite a lot of stories and women that I was photographing where there wasn't such great stories, where there was loss or impending loss. Um, There was families where, you know, there was four generations and they just lost someone who was pivotal in there and they were coming in to make sure that they captured their family as it is because they recognized that they hadn't done enough of that when that beautiful, beloved person was in their life. And so what happened for me is that I was carrying this emotional toll, but I was also just overworking again. And really quickly, I found that I had done exactly the same thing. I'd built the same business, just a different model, where I had completely gotten to a stage where I was breaking my own boundaries. I would book things, I would book out dates and say no to things in my calendar and then I'd end up breaking it if someone begged me for a shoot date that I'd already decided was going to be a holiday. I was giving so much of myself to these shoots on the weekends that by Sunday I was lying in bed and I couldn't get out of bed because I was just too tired. And my poor daughter, I'm going to say, missed out on a little bit of her mum during that time. But a wonderful thing that started happening during this time, and I, and I don't want to be negative about it either. This is my personality type, okay? I'm a workaholic, I know this. Um, but what I did recognize that was starting to happen is as I was building this business, doing this kind of digital kind of search for myself and figuring out the best ways to market and, and making systems efficient and kind of doing all of this in my business, 
I had lots of women coming and asking me to capture them for their businesses. And as I was doing lots of online courses myself to figure out this marketing stuff, I started to recognize that there was this correlation with personal branding and businesses, okay, that was coming up more and more and more. And I started to study what people were doing on Instagram. And the crazy thing is, is that people with iPhones all of a sudden were just capturing these really kooky and creative shots and angles that I never would have thought of doing because I was such a traditionalist. I'd been taught quite traditional wedding posing and framing and rule of thirds and then moving into kind of like a, a, a mostly vertical frame when it was, came to shooting my portraits that I was amazed at what I could see people creating for themselves on Instagram. And so I became a student. <laughs> I became a student of this storytelling that people were starting to do in the early days of Instagram on their phones. And I recognized that all these women were coming in and asking me for these portraits for themselves. Like, you know, they'd bring in a jacket and they'd say, oh, when we're doing this portrait, can I, can I get a shot for my business profile as well? And I started saying, well, do you want to do something a bit different? Well, we take you to a cafe or we take you for a walk or we take you down onto the beach at the end of the shoot and we'll capture different elements of you. And everyone always was like, hell yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is this? And as I did a little bit more d- deep diving, I started to recognize that I was introducing personal branding to my business, but I hadn't really known it. And what amazed me even more is when I was introducing that is that people were more likely to buy all of the photographs because there was such variety in there much more variety than I was probably producing for them just in the solo kind of portrait shoots, you know. And so, re- you know, as, as my business is going along and we start sort of introducing more of this and sort of doing more headshots and things, my, my, I recognize that my definition of success was just to get busier and to get bigger, okay? My definition of success was really driven by service of people. And as I said, I didn't have great strong boundaries, I'll be honest, but I just loved working with people. I wanted to get to more people. I wanted to be able to shoot and serve more people. I wasn't driven and I've never been really solely driven by money. I'm driven by service. So this does mean I have super flimsy boundaries or I had flimsy boundaries and I got to a stage very quickly. So we're talking, you know, within five or six years where my daughter starts getting into high school age. She's nearing high school age. And as I said to you before, I reached this moment of realization that I had built the exact same business model that I'd run away from, from Sydney. And I really desperately needed to simplify. So... I want to be really honest with you. A lot of the changes in my business have not necessarily been financial, as I said. They've been more a craving or a yearning of service to others, but it's also around what lights my fire. Yeah, I am entrepreneurial. I am uh, creatively driven. I do get inspired by people, but I also do like to have variety. But at this point in my life, when it got to that stage where my daughter was hitting high school, what I really knew I needed to do was I needed to simplify for a while. And I looked at this genre of branding and I saw how quickly it was growing in my business. And I started to sort of see things that would be beneficial to me in my family life and not necessarily from a business perspective, although that was a huge driving factor as well, but more so what it could do to serve my life as, as, as a mother. The great thing about personal branding as a genre, different to po- portraits, which always demanded school holidays 
and weekends because that's when women could bring their families along. The difference for me was that I can work business hours Monday to Friday, strictly hard, hard boundaries. None of my clients want to work weekends either. And most of them don't want to be working after five o'clock. Sometimes we shoot, obviously shoot into sunsets, but for the most part, we are working within the business hours and definitely no weekends. Another great benefit to it too, obviously from a business perspective, is that I got to close my studio. So much to the horror, I think, of Talitha, my beautiful retoucher. One day I just decided in the October, I walked into the studio and I said, right, that's it. I'm ready to close the studio. And she just looked at me shocked. I said, and it's going to happen about eight weeks. So let's go. (laughs) So in December of 2019, I closed my studio and how lucky that I did. I didn't, I don't know if my spidey senses or my intuition knew what was coming as well. But that was the year before my daughter was due to start high school. And so obviously in that process, I was able to simplify things a lot too. I took a lot of the uh, necessity to have to drive and go to work um, and to fill my studio because I had a studio space. I always, and I rented, I wasn't an owner. I didn't have a home studio. I never had a home studio because of my experience of that growing up as a kid. I didn't want to have people coming into my home. So I always opted to, to rent spaces. And so taking that pressure off to fill a space for me was huge because I felt like I had to. I also obviously got to maximize my time with my clients so there's there's a really interesting thing here. So I'm not doing in-person sales anymore. And so my time with my clients is not different, but I get to spend a little bit more time with them, I guess, in the preparation. And I also get to spend a little bit more, what I would say, what's the word? I want to say more present attention with my clients when I'm on the shoot with them, because I'm not necessarily feeling rushed from one thing to another like I used to. Now, my clients would never have recognized that I was in a state of overwhelm before when I had the studio and I was working at that capacity. Um, I always delivered. I know that's one of my strong points, but I always felt like there was not a lot of fuel left in the tank for me. And I think what's the beautiful thing about the way that I've crafted my business now and moved into this genre is that I not only respect my boundaries more, but my clients do because of that. And so I'm not answering messages on weekends like I used to or, you know, doing sales sessions on Sundays because that's the only day the clients can come in. There's very, very strict timeframes with my clients, but it means that I'm 100% with them, but I'm also 100% whole when I come home too, which is just a really added benefit. And I think a lot of that too has to happen with the way that the connection happens with the clients and how it lights my fire, but I'm not finding that there's a depletion at the end of it, if that makes sense. Now, I want to be 100% transparent here. When I closed my studio, I always said I will be coming back to this business model because I love it so much, but I just couldn't deliver at that capacity whilst I had my daughter going through high school and I knew she'd emotionally need me at home. So I've always said I'm going back to portraits. Don't you worry, I will be back and I love delivering with women and I love that time I spent with my clients. But what it's given to me now is a business where I get to choose my hours a little bit more because I don't have a lot of the overheads that I had before. And I've structured my weeks a little bit differently. So instead of feeling like I'm constantly in shoot mode, now I shoot one week on, one week off. 
I do a maximum of six shoot days a month and I also do mark out the school holidays. They're definite no's in most cases for myself. Okay, in some cases I have to compromise on that, particularly over the last couple of months where we've been um, inundated with the pandemic and other things have happened in our market where we've had to move shoot dates around. But I have the flexibility to do that too. I have the time and I have the space in my life and the space in my calendar to be able to do that. So as I said, reduced overheads has also meant increased profitability and I've got a lot more flexibility as I said. Now, I am a natural born entrepreneur so these business people are lighting my fire as I said. I love the creativity when I get to create with them. I love concepting ideas with them and so this works for me. Not for everybody but I couldn't explain this in the early days to my to my clients and to my or to my friends and my family, I found it very difficult to articulate this because I had a very bustling business in weddings and I had a very bustling business in portraits when what it looked like to both to them that I pulled the pin on both of those. But I did understand, even if it was just intuitively what was in my future when I was jumped into personal branding, I could see the clients were there. I could see that there was I was already making the, the money that I knew that I needed to to sustain my business when I removed the portrait studios I, the portrait studio I knew that I could jump fully into that and, and I had the trust you know so it's not always an easy transition for people to make if they haven't um, introduced personal branding necessarily into their business model if you're a wedding photographer right now and you're considering I would say don't stop booking the weddings look at it as a longer term solution and then you know once you get the confidence within six or 12 months you can definitely look at doing that similarly to portraits I don't necessarily think you need to do what I did and jump ship completely there's a beautiful synergy there's an alignment between the markets if you're marketing to the same sort of client whether she's got a business or a family it doesn't matter or whether she's just wanting to get photos for herself there is a beautiful synergy in both of those markets so they can run concurrently you can offer those two genres within your business now I'm just going to take a quick break and then I'm going to come back with my pros and cons list on what I've what I've surmised since making this jump from weddings to to portraits and now to personal branding I'll be back in a minute Rosanna Kirsch from Townsville, North Queensland, Australia. I do photography full-time for a living, have done that for 15 years and yeah, I've had Paul, I've known Paula for about 10 years and worked with her the last two years in the coaching and yeah, she's just amazing. What I love about the program with Paula is that the amount of knowledge and information and the step-by-step guidance to lead you from the very beginning all the way through the process in photography and business is um, is incorporated. It's all part of the the package, and it's uh, yeah. If you're in photography already, it's an amazing way to align and just overlook and check over what you're doing in business. I um, mean, if you're beginning photography, well, geez, it would have been extraordinary to have this knowledge and guideline for business to begin with 15 years ago. <laughs> but it's it's a really wonderful checking over and also learning and improving my skills the way I run my business after 15 years in photography. Also the amount of information that comes with the breakthrough program that you can download and use and it's not just a bunch of fluffy words that you get all piped up about for a little while and then it fades out after a couple of weeks Um, but it's yeah solid substantial and really important things like budgets and pricing and the steps and the processes to go through and really over check overhaul your business um, 
everything from how you speak with clients, what you show them, how you show them. Also, the monthly coaching calls are brilliant to discuss any questions, hiccups or celebrations or good things in business. Um, and speaking with other photographers from all around the world, America, Australia, Europe, although they're actually quite similar, but getting that mixture of their feedback, their comments or support um, or ideas. And then, yeah, having great diverse information coming from all different businesses around the world. Um, it's, it's excellent. All right, welcome back. I did tell you before I went on break that I was going to share with you the pros and the cons of what I've discovered um, since moving from weddings to portraits to now 100% being um, solely in the personal brand market. And I want to start first with the cons, okay? So the first thing I've noticed and that one of the biggest struggles for me was that weddings were a guaranteed income way far ahead into the future. And obviously, I'm looking at this from a pre-pandemic wedding business, but I do believe that this too will pass. And I know that my wedding friends, their businesses have come back massively because there's a backlog and it's catching up and into the future, weddings will be that future paced sustainable income that, um, that it once was. And so for me personally, that was a massive con and it sometimes still too is. And I'm going to be honest with you, personal branding clients typically are booking around an average of about three months ahead of time. And so it is kind of hard sometimes to project too far into the future. Um, so for me, who was used to being able to kind of look at income from a one to two year future paced kind of um, position, it's still sometimes a little bit nerve wracking when you go, oh, I'm not sure if I will fill those dates. But if you're doing marketing well, and if you've got processes in place to generate new leads, then this is not an issue. Okay, so it's on my cons list, but I can flip it. <laughs> now, well, I guess this moves into my next point. Um, there is more marketing required. Weddings were like advertising on steroids. Every time you go to a wedding, you have literally got a room full of your ideal client sitting in there, okay? If they haven't already had a wedding, there is a bunch of couples because, you know, that age group where people generally get married in their um, mid to mid 20s to mid 30s, they have friends who are ready to get married or thinking of getting married or might get married in five or six years time. So you've got the bridal party, which are really getting an integral experience with what it feels like to work with you. But you've got all of these people at the reception sitting there watching you at work and at the church. So it was oftentimes at the reception at the end of the night, I would end up in conversations with couples and I'd be handing out business cards and I'd be on the phone to them the next within the next week and booking their wedding for another couple of years time. So weddings were like a natural marketing thing. You had referrals from the venue you were working at, referrals from other service providers, referrals from the weddings themselves. And then oftentimes the cousins and the brothers and the other couples, as I said, were booking you. So I didn't need to do much marketing. It was more like what I would call maintenance marketing and just making sure all of my service providers and the wedding receptions were taken care of. Personal branding does require a, a, a lot more marketing and going to cold traffic. So you do need to be looking for new clients more regularly because they're not necessarily going to necessarily understand that they need you until oftentimes you put yourself in front of them. Another con that I, I am going to be honest with about is I do miss some of that emotional connection with I had with the portrait clients. No, I miss a lot of it. <laughs> some is, it, is, it, is the wrong word. I, I miss that. I get emotional connection with my branding clients, but it's not the same sort of 
huge investment on the shoot. If you shoot glamour photography or boudoir portraits or anything like that, you know what I'm talking about. Those moments where she suddenly sort of feels confident to put on something that maybe she didn't or wear something slightly different or the makeup kind of empowers her with this different energy um you know stepping it up a level during the shoot so she starts more conservative and then you move it up and then of you know that ultimate impact when she sees herself there were so many tears on those shoots like good tears you know sometimes it was emotional tears too but for the most part it was like positive empowering moments and connection and cuddles and 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 just amazing sort of like yeehaw moments you know like just that that sort of stuff so I do miss that from portraits and I do miss seeing their reactions when they see their photos afterwards because I'm not doing in-person sales so when weddings used to come typically I'd you know like sit down with them and I'd get that kind of you know I'd see them cuddling each other and I'd see the tears and I'd see all of that and I definitely got those moments in the room with the portrait clients as well I remember so many women sitting there and looking at themselves and just literally ending up in a puddle because they just hadn't seen themselves like that before. And they'd walk up the stairs and they'd be, you know, wishing that they just liked one or two photos. And then, you know, they'd be walking out with 40 photos that they loved. I miss that part of the portraits. And I do miss the event side of things too. So I miss the event of that feeling of people coming and dressing up massively for portraits and they'd go out for lunches and things afterwards. And I miss the event of the wedding. Like, you know, the weddings that I used to photograph, there'd be fireworks and there'd be like seven cars and there'd be like eight in the bridal party and the flowers were like, you know, sometimes two meters high in the room and there was like 40 tables of these flowers you know like these weddings were epic so I miss the events of those two but I don't miss the feeling of the day after (laughs) I don't miss feeling so tired that I couldn't like walk sometimes because I'd you know literally done something like 40,000 steps the day before on that wedding I used to wear the you know the counters that would tell me how many steps I did I don't miss that part of things so let's go now. Okay, that was my that was my cons list, which kind of turned into a bit of a pros list. Let's move to the pros list. Okay, so obviously branding has much more sociable hours. Okay, need need I say any more? More sociable hours. I love the variety that I get with shooting on different locations as well. So it's never the same place twice. Usually, sometimes we reuse places, obviously, but there's a lot of variety when you're going into people's businesses or you're taking them on different parts of what their day-to-day journey is. And I love that. I love the challenge that comes with going to new locations as well. And I love the challenge of trying to concept ideas for different businesses and and trying to reinvent things um, each time when I'm doing a shoot. Um, I love working with entrepreneurs who are as passionate about their business as I am because I could talk all day about business. That's why I started this podcast. And I, I, I love that. So I love that aspect of connecting with people who are like-minded like that. As I said earlier, I love the concentrated quality time that I get with my clients because I don't feel as stretched. So I feel like I'm more present with them. I love traveling too. I love traveling. It hasn't been very possible for the last couple of years in Australia. But having no studio means I can be super nimble. I'm not strapped to my studio, so I can go more places. So I love that aspect as well. Um, I love doing online presentation and online sales now. So no in-person sales. Even though I miss that connection, I love the streamlined effect. And I love that clients don't have to feel pressured in one um, sitting to make decisions. And they get to sit at home and, and make the decisions on their own. Not that we did pressure selling, but you know, it's just a different environment. And I love 
you know, obviously seeing the sales drop in, you know, online when I wake up the next morning. I love that this is still a newish space. There's still not a lot of photographers in this space, if you hadn't noticed already. So I'm loving that it's an emerging market and that I get to be kind of a pioneer, I guess, within this market. I love the fact that my clients return regularly and I get to become part of their business growth. That really lights me up and excites me. And it suits my personality at this time in my life. I love, yeah, that ongoing connection. And I love that I get to be part of their team. Now, in case you haven't noticed from what I've said, I've literally grown up in this industry and I love it. And I know that at different times, as I've told you, I have built my business to stages where I felt overwhelmed, but I've done that because I love what I do. I love being in service to people and I love working the ins and outs of business. And so I love the fact that I've gotten to create this podcast because I get to share with you all of the bumps, all of the highlights and all of the things that I've learned over this journey since the age of five, six, seven, when I started stamping copyright on the back of photos. I love the fact that I can share with you different techniques and things that I've learned from photographers over the years and what I myself have learned by constantly navigating and constantly being able to shift and move and, and uproot and, and make changes. I'm not stuck in, in one mode. So if you feel creatively stuck or challenged or boxed in and like you can't make a change, if you're not in photography yet and you're looking to to move into it, or if you're in photography and you're starting to feel like you might be outgrowing your current business model or things like that, I hope that this has encouraged you to know and to trust yourself that change is okay, that evolution is good. And that it's okay to change your path, no matter what your friends and your family around you are telling you. Trust me, I know this because I've done it. And if you want to stay on this path with me and listen to this podcast, can I encourage you to subscribe? Because I'm going to be sharing with you lots of the ins and outs that I've learned, but I'm also going to be teaching you what I know to be true. And that's the business aspect of things. And that's what I know after 22 years of working professionally in this business, but also to have a lifetime of learning and knowing and understanding and growing up in this industry. I know that I've got a lot of wealth to share with you and I hope that you decide to join this journey with me because um, I'm really excited about what I can share. I'll still take a bite. Okay, you can take my leg.